you know, this whole technology thing is very strange and I keep trying to embrace it, but I'm not sure that I'm ever really going to get there. I still switch out of the joystick control mode and use the throttles whenever I'm on these fancy boats. So why I'm okay with this, <laughs> I'll never understand it. But welcome aboard the Funny Boat Podcast. I am your host, Captain Boomies, and with me is the furry, the fabulous, the broker with the beard, Mr. Ed Pickering. How are you doing, Cap? I am doing fantastic, Captain Boomies. I am aboard a sailboat, but I'm on the hard, so it's not quite the same. But uh, things are going good. How about you? That's fantastic. Ex- that explains a lot, though, because I can see a lot of trees <laughs> through the really, hole there. <laughs> really close anchorage. It's skilled. I'm very skilled. <laughs> Well, so uh, today I'm really excited about today yes. because we we are using technology today to bring you all an interesting critter of the sea. Uh, I'm, <laughs> one of these one of these people that came from that place that turned you into the salty sob that you actually are. <laughs> Look at me! I'm not even wearing well, today, I'm, aren't who you? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Ed, would you do me the honor of introducing me to your also bearded buddy? <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yes. So uh, we have with us this week uh, Don T. He's a good friend of mine. He's an alumni from Kings Point. And uh, just to, we have so much in common. I don't know who to be more afraid for myself or him, uh, but we, we, we've tried to get together a couple of times. I'm really glad that he was able to come in here. He was suggested as, uh, or I guess referred by another one of our upcoming guests. And she said, you guys will have a blast. So, <laughs> so with all ado, we have Don T. How you doing, Don? Good to see doing you. Great. How are you all doing? Huh? Oh, fantastic. Don, I have gotten to peek at your travel website your your travel vlog blog blag i don't Retired know what's traveling dot com I, I need to push shameless plugs in whenever i can <laughs> so you've got you've got a travel blog i really love the pictures of you all over the world but i especially like the ones where you're clearly on a cruise or under the sea i that weird bubble thing that yep. um what is that yep. what are those called oh that was a, a scuba a, a scooby a scuba do in the great barrier reef it was Ooh. like a little personal watercraft and like a little motorcycle and you kind of rode around in the great barrier reef it was it was phenomenal wow how do those work do they are you are you just in just your head is in the bubble part i don't yeah. i don't fully get yes. it kind of a, you sit on like a motorcycle and you kind of crawl in you get your head in and um and you basically You've got like a throttle, which which is pushes like a little propeller. You have an oxygen air tank there on the uh, little uh, semi-submersible. It goes down about five meters, six meters. doesn't go down that far. But um, that's where we were diving anyway. The water is about 15 feet deep. And uh, it's uh, I, I went out on this trip to the Great Barrier Reef, and they were like upselling this. And I didn't even know what it cost. I just said, I'm in, okay, because I mean, what else can possibly, like what else can you possibly rent a semi-submersible, private semi-submersible right. to go dive the Great Barrier Reef? Awesome. Okay? So I was in. 
Awesome. That's incredible. So what <clears throat> what were you doing down under? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I'm spending my son's inheritance, okay? And uh, one, one trip at a time with total support of my son's, okay? Um, you know, I retired about five years ago at the age of 55, and um, I've been having the time of my life. Okay, we had that COVID thing. That kind of threw a monkey wrench in, but... Uh, but yeah, now I'm traveling three, four months a year and uh, just basically going wherever. And uh, this time last year, I was on a cruise up into the Arctic. I got up north of 80 degrees north. And um, this coming November, I'm down in Antarctica and, uh, you know, kind of flying down to uh, Ushuaia, Argentina, and then boarding a the World Navigator, kind of a relatively new ship, heading off to uh, South Georgia and then the Antarctic Peninsula. So uh, I'm just really trying to enjoy myself, to be honest with you. There's no other term for it. Let me tell you what it sounds like to me. It sounds to me like you're just on an extreme cruise junkie extravaganza that's what it sounds like to me like you're doing you're not doing the royal caribbean retired thing that i think is really awesome first of all because i found out how cheap it is to live on one of those (laughs) that's a weird retirement thing to do but you're doing it in in extreme mode exactly yeah Um, yeah yeah, these 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 expedition ships i'm i'm traveling on um i was up in the arctic a year ago on swan hellenics uh, S.H. Vega, and um, I think she was uh, 378 feet, you know, about 110 crew and 100 and uh, max 150 passengers. I think we had 120 on board. And the key on these cruises, they're expedition cruises, so you don't just fly, you don't just drive around. You actually jump into the into the Zodiacs, the ribs, rigid hull inflatable boats, and you go pushing ice, you're going into the ice flows, you're doing wet landings, dry landings. You know, you're just kind of going to places that most other people, you know, don't get a yeah. chance to do. And, you know, it's a, they're not cheap, but on the other side of the coin, uh, you can actually find some pretty decent bargains yeah. out there, too. Here's what we haven't talked about, but what that little, that, that whole wet landings, dry landings, Zodiacs, this many passengers, that many crew, like this length of boat. All of that tells me that you are clearly retired from some kind of professional marinering uh, because nobody talks like that except us weirdos. <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> nobody goes on a cruise and even knows the length of the boat. Nobody does that except. <laughs> no, yeah, so, so let's talk about what you retired from because I know you went to King's Point with the characters like this fuzzy weirdo here but <laughs> but what uh what what did you do before retiring that's i was executive vice president of marine spill response corporation msrc uh we were the largest i think they still are largest oil spill response company in uh, the u.s and possibly the world and um i did that for about 26 years a catastrophic spill cleanup. And um, you know what? I kind of got into it after the Exxon Valdez and the Oil Pollution Act of 1990 and all these things and created an industry. And I was in the right place at the right time and 
took the right chances and um you know what it was an it was a good ride when it was a good ride um you know a lot of late nights and crisis calls i mean i probably got call number three or four of the beep outside the bp organization during the deep water horizon um knew about it before cnn knew about it and i was probably on scene before cnn knew about it but um I did that for 26 years up until the end of 17. And now I'm kind of, um, now, now, now I'm a bartender. Okay. In case. I VIP bartend at a rock concert venue here. And, um, I was uh, bartending the uh, for Jelly Roll concert and uh, Snoop Dogg this past week. So uh, <laughs> nice. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I do that for about twenty five days yeah. a year or so. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic! Holy smokes! Wait a minute, we got to go back to this. Uh, so you're you're the first guy on the scene before. You know, of course, the crew is already there. They're already on station. But what what is what does that feel like walking in and having a bunch of people that know that their job is totally boned? <laughs> like, yeah. What is yeah. that like? You walk in on a crisis and the key is to keep your head and you realize now, and sadly on the deep water horizon, 11 mm-hmm. men lost their lives. And, um, you realize that, uh, you know, that's not going to change. And uh, the key is you need to kind of stabilize it. You need to first and foremost, and I always say this, everyone goes home. Okay. Um, everyone that goes to work, you know, for me, we go home. Okay. Maybe go home a little bit richer, a few more bucks in the pocket without a doubt, mm-hmm. but everyone goes home. And uh, that was the first and foremost objective on everything was safety. Um, and really kind of, you just approach it one, the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. And, uh, you know, you kind of just start and you just work on it. And, and the key is just keep a low profile because everyone is losing their heads. Everyone is, oh my God, it's a disaster. Um, and you just kind of take it and, um, you know, just do it one step at a time and focus on safety because without safety, you know, you're really, it's, it's just it's just not worth it. And I used to often, sometimes I would get into these debates with people that were not in the response community. Oh, my God, the ducks got oiled, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. I'm sorry to hear that. The pelicans got oiled. Um, but, you know, it's one thing if a duck gets oiled. It's another thing if a man or a woman gets hurt or gets killed working for you. So. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many ducks get oiled. And I don't have to use that as an analogy. There is no equation for number of ducks to a human life. It's terrible to say that. Some people didn't agree with that, believe it or not. But those were also people that were not actually engaged in the response, thankfully. So, yeah. But I just kind of did it. And um, I did that for 26 years. And very rarely did I actually end up on a film. I had a very good team of like 420 people that worked for me. And, uh, you know, I usually only showed up if it was a political issue or something like the Deep War Horizon, which was a totally, totally off the charts. Right. Yeah. That was 
you know, all, all of these things always lead to massive losses in right. the marine community because, I mean, my husband was supposed to have a job <clears throat> and then the BP oil spill happened and we suddenly didn't need him to do his job because nobody <laughs> the only jobs left were people who were going out to do the cleanup right. uh, on boats. And that was, that was a wild, wild experience. But I guess how many ducks do you have to wipe off before you are the expert in, <laughs> in oil spill cleanup? Like, I don't know. I don't know what it takes. Um, and I kind of know how boating gets you at least in the right zone, right. but I don't know where the oil spill response stuff comes from well that's a good question well first of all i am not a duck <laughs> okay? uh, uh, you have certified all kidding aside you especially certified to clean up and handle wildlife oh, okay? okay and um, i didn't know that there's actually companies out there that that's all they do is they handle wildlife and they handle ducks and uh the stories are hilarious okay <laughs> but sometimes the ducks and the pelicans don't like just, uh, they don't like, uh, they don't like sitting there. Okay. And they're not very happy when they've been cleaned and oiled and they're going through rehabilitation right. and, and, whatnot. but, um, but, uh, when it comes to oil spill response, you know, having a background as a, a tanker, primarily my background was in mm -hmm. oil tankers as both a licensed ships navigator. And then eventually, an operator of tankers and oil trading. And I worked down in St. Croix at a mm -hmm. refinery back in the late eighties. Uh, late and um, I got to really kind of understand the entire oil industry aspect. And there was a natural evolution to the oil spill response side of the equation. Uh, we used to operate my previous company. I was, when I was with them, we had uh, quite a few certificated vessels up to, uh, 216 feet and um, you know they were very very capable capable of handling 39 people on wow. board at a time and um, you know their one mission at the time was oil spill cleanup and um, and we also had tank barges to put the oil from the ship into the tank barge and and then we had lots of smaller boats so you, you just how do you become knowledgeable about it well you become knowledgeable by number one experience and um, and other people's experiences. It was actually quite a niche industry at the time. And I have no idea what's going on there now. <laughs> like I said, I, I left about five right. years ago. And I'm one of those guys that kind of left and really, really kind of just hung up my, um, just really didn't go back. You know, I didn't do any, didn't do any consulting or anything like that. Cause I said, you know, it's time to, it's time to move in a different yeah. direction. So, uh, that's what I did. Yeah, and man, I mean, you really have, Don, because uh, I love seeing all of your travels. Um, and the the one that really got me, though, you've talked about 80 degrees in North and Antarctica, but when you were in Tahiti and French Polynesia, <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's <laughs> – you're killing me. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of travel I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the cook yeah, yeah, cook yeah, yeah, cooks. Yep. Don't don't forget the cook <laughs> islands, okay? I mean, I would go there tomorrow. Yeah. In a second. So. Uh, okay, so what was? I mean, you're choosing to go to Antarctica for crying out right. loud. So, but why aren't you trying to go find other little 
uh, beautiful tropical places? Well, that's a good question, I, and, and I am. Um, I'm, I'm going to be. Um, I'm going my trip in January. I'm planning about a seventy day trip already, and I'm going through. Um, and my trip that I did earlier this year was sixty five days, and I did Australia, New Zealand, Cook Islands, and Tahiti. And um, this coming this coming spring, I'm going to be in the Gulf of Thailand mm. and Cambodia, you know, Koh Samui, uh, Koh Phangan, uh, Koh Rong, Sam Loen. And I'm going to be going up to uh, Halong Bay up in um, oh, wow. up, a little cruise up in Vietnam. Oh. And uh, yeah, so I'm just I'm, I, I'm just kind of hitting these various places as as time and schedule and uh and uh, tolerance for you know pain. You know, I'm always with my wife. You'll never see a picture of my my wife has zero social right. media presence, but um, but Vicky. As a matter of fact, I'm mentioning her name here right now, so now she's Uh-oh. out there. Okay, but anyway, she she she. she <laughs> everyone always says, Don, where, where, where's your wife? Is she at home? You know, she gets these texts. Are you are you with Don? No, she's always there with me. Never seen right. a photo of her, okay? But uh, was well, she a mariner? No, she was not. No, no, she was. She has a very high degree of tolerance for pain to marry me for thirty-three <laughs> years. So, <laughs> I mean, truth be told, you're you're one of the only mariners that I know that uh, is still married. <laughs> so good for you. I don't like. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we've had we we spent. You know, we spent a lot of time apart when I was working, and okay. but uh, you know, obviously, uh, and in that case, it was always a lot of times. I still remember on the BP spill, it was like uh, I think it was a, a Tuesday night or Wednesday night, and I sent her an email saying, "By the time you read this, you're gonna realize I'm I'm, I'm not coming home on Thursday." <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and, uh, I was hoping to be home by Thanksgiving, which, but it, it wasn't quite that. Good. But anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, but but we but we we have a great we have a great time traveling together. So yeah, I am I will be hitting a number of the islands um, out in the Gulf of uh, Thailand, and also off Phuket and uh, in the Andaman Sea. So I'll be doing that in. Uh, January, February, and March. Nice. So. Have you have you ever been to any of these places before? And uh, and is there a reason you would come go back to any of them in particular? That's a good question. Yeah, you know, one of if you if you look at my blog, retiredtraveling.com, Okay, just uh, I, I often put in whether or not a place in my book was a I call it either one and done, right. or would I go gotcha. back? And uh, there's a lot of places in this world to go visit if you're willing to open your eyes and expand your horizons. Um, so, yeah, there's certain places I would go to without in New York Second. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, off the rec- off, can't do it now, but Russia was St. Petersburg, Russia, you know, amazing. Uh, India, outstanding. I will go into southern India at some point in time. I did north of india right when COVID was happening uh, morocco is outstanding mm. uh, i would definitely go back to morocco. 
Uh, Marrakesh is like a six-ring circus. <laughs> oh, yeah, he, he had some great, yes. great pictures from that. Videos. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just, it's just okay. Okay, I, had, I got bitten by a monkey there, so we don't talk about that. But anyway. <laughs> but you should have seen the monkey. Okay. <laughs> if, if, I, if I came down with something, I would have been, you know, patient number one. And then COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. No. Now I'm suspicious. No, 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 no. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so you're an amazing world traveler. Do you think that uh, your experience as a tankerman tanker is that how you say? It? I don't even know. I'm a yacht captain. I don't know. I none of this stuff. <laughs> like all you commercial guys, you weird me out. But um, so the, do you think that prepared you to be as good of a traveler as you are? Because I do think it requires a certain type of person to be good at the kind of travel you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I think, and I think uh, the broker with the beard would agree with Absolutely. me that uh, <laughs> you know you are traveling. Things happen, okay. Doesn't thing things don't always go by plan, uh, even with the best laid plans. But uh, that's not unlike the shipping or the boating industry. You know, you could have the best laid plans, and all of a sudden the weather comes in and changes everything on you, okay. And so you got plan, you know, A, and then plan B, and plan C, D, E, F, and G, you know, and uh, you adapt. And, um, but I would definitely agree with that. You kind of make changes as appropriate. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so if, uh, go ahead. No, no, sorry, no, ahead. after you, Kate. <laughs> so you, uh, I assume you were young and shiny when you decided to go to Kings Point. What, what was it in you that made you want to do the, this whole maritime thing? Okay, you really want to know the real story? Yeah. Okay, okay, real story. My parents bought a brand new house in, in central Jersey. And when you buy a new house, everyone is like trying to figure out where they fit in the neighborhood. And I was, and I, this is like in the late 70s or yeah, probably 76, 77, 78. And this guy across the street moved in, young guy, sexy wife, brand new house, went out one day and came home driving a brand new Triumph TR6. And I started talking <laughs> to him. It turns out he was a tanker chief mate that went to Kings Point, class of mm. 70. I said, now I need to check this out, okay? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is the story, okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a better story than mine. Anyway, but I'll give you a side I did grow up. My grandfather's sailboat from the age of four, three, you know, so I got pictures of me like holding a bottle, believe it or not, on a sailboat. Um, so I spent, you know, really the first 20 some odd years of my life, you know, sailing with the family sailboats and mm -hmm. eventually they had to sell. Granddad passed away, but uh, and now I'm kind of back sailing again with my youngest, my oldest son yeah. bought a sailboat. Yeah. And um, he's keeping. You didn't um, talk him out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, I, I, uh, he, he had this vision, okay, and he did his research, and uh, you know, that, and and the broker with the beard is well aware of this because we've talked about yep. this. And, uh, <laughs> and, oh, it's your fault. <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't part of the transaction. 
but he will be for the next one. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, he and I were count, he, he was offering counseling on the side to me privately as a dad. And I think your best advice was, yeah, the amount of money he's spending, he can't hurt himself yeah. too bad, which <laughs> was, I think about yeah. <laughs> We had a little 28 foot Lancer, uh, you know, built late seventies. I mean, it's, Okay, it's nothing really to look at, but the price point he got it for, um, and he keeps it down at uh, at uh, Point Lookout in Maryland, right where the Potomac meets the uh, Chesapeake yep. Bay, and he's having and he's having a great time. And you know, and and Ed, he had this past weekend he was going to be going over to uh, to Virginia. Mm-hmm. Now he's twenty five years old, and he was taking the boat over Virginia, and you know what? No, no, what happened? About Two thirds of the way over, he turned around because he realized he wasn't going to be able to make it in daylight. Ah. It was like, oh my god! Actually, something, he's learning something. Clicked. Something, you know? <laughs> something clicked. Okay, amazing. <laughs> I am nice. shocked. How do you how do you inflict that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. But all king aside, he it's starting to click. Yep. You know, and the responsibility. And we had a we had about a couple of weeks ago. He and I took the boat out and with his mom and, and uncles and um, and you were looking at the weather and it's like yeah we should be maybe okay okay it's one of those sort of days <laughs> we got we got out and we got nailed. <laughs> I mean it was like my Facebook page was just like it was it it was just unbelievable yeah. but you know what I'm having the time of my life yeah. okay i mean <laughs> i was in, in, in a pair of shorts and just inflatable life vest on life you know a little one of those little yeah. uh, harnesses and you know it was just horizontal rain and buckets and i'm just saying we are now yeah. living but he learned he mm-hmm. learned and we got in safely and you know, made sure we told everyone, whatever you do, just don't hold on to the mask, you know, that stepped into the cabin, you know, just in case hit by lightning. I mean, it was, it was a, you have to go through those experiences yep. also, you know, I mean, it's uh, not every day is going to be a beautiful day on the water. And, uh, but yeah, but you know, and he's already talking about a bigger boat and, and I'm giving him the old, yeah, okay. Dad says yes. Okay. Especially since he's paying for it too, <laughs> <laughs> well, so so Don, I, you've told us some of the places you've been, uh, some of the places you're going. Um, do you? And I think I already know the answer to this question. I, I have a feeling you're checking all the boxes. Your plan is to check all the boxes. But what would you put at like the top of the box list? Like, what is the one place that you you've definitely got to do that's not scheduled? Well, that's not good. Well, Antarctica okay. is is I've five times Antarctica Ooh. five. Okay, it's seventh continent, and five times it's been canceled for one reason or Ugh. another, or COVID, or five times. Okay, and I finally said I was supposed to be in Antarctica. As a matter of fact, I was supposed to be down there in uh, February of this mm-hmm. past year. I was supposed to do a semi-circumnavigation of Antarctica on an expedition ship. And I was going to pick it up in Argentina and 33 days later, get off in New Zealand. And, uh, 
and all the way jumping on and off and visiting, you know, different uh, penguins and whatnot. And they canceled that mm. trip on me. So all of a sudden, I, you know, this opportunity came up and I said, you know what? I said, we're, we're going to do it this year. And um, so that's really kind of okay. my number one. That'll be my seventh con. Um, nice. You know, I'm kind of. Hang on a second. <laughs> Hang on a second. You said this opportunity came up and like, I don't know about you, but that's not the kind of thing that like, you know, my internet browser is like, oh, hey, you researched this. So here's here's this cruise you should probably think about taking. All of it's, you know, mostly just telling me to buy shoes and things like that. But, like, so how does this, how do these opportunities pop up for you? That seems crazy to me. Well, you get into a certain, you get into, you know, just like you, you start networking. And um, I've got a uh, broker that specializes in polar adventures, okay? And it's the same group that I took up to the Arctic oh. last year. Um, and they call a place called Polar Adventures. And uh, their, their, their website is on my website under useful links. And, um, and they're very professional. They understand things. I had a chat with them. Um, I, was, I, okay, I was in the process of they handle the brokerage for one ship that goes up to the North Pole, mm. the geographic North Pole every year. And it, uh, the voyage is on uh, August 26th, but I can't make it. It's my aunt's 80th birthday. So I have to go to New York to... Uh, to a birthday, okay? But yeah, the North Pole will be there in yep. next year or yep. the year after. So sooner or later, do that nice. trip. Uh, now that is one trip. My wife has no interest in going on, <laughs> so I'm probably I'll probably be up there in the North by myself. But all kidding aside, this um, I, I I reached out to my broker and I said, hey, listen, um, I'm interested, and they they deal with numerous shipping company expedition companies. And they came up with a deal and that was pretty reasonable. And um, it went to South Georgia Island, which is, if you want to go see penguins, you go to South Georgia Island. Um, you know, it's a 14-day trip, 14-day cruise. And yeah, so I, I kind of, I said, yeah, let's go do this. And it's November. The weather down the Drake Passage can either be, they call it the Drake Lake, or the Drake Shake. <laughs> oh, no. It's the one extreme or the other, you know? And uh, it's like some of the roughest waters in the world. But, uh, you know, I've been up in the North Sea, and I've seen, you know, 15-foot waves. I've been on tankers and 35-foot waves. So, you know, if we do it, we're going to do it, do it yeah. right, you know? So, so I am totally prepared to admit on to anybody who asks that I absolutely get seasick. It just takes a lot, and usually it requires me to be like in the bilge working on something. <laughs> right. Right. Do you get seasick on any of these? Because this sounds well, seriously intense. No, I mean the key is, of course, you know, you just need to not be in the bilge. Number one, <laughs> <laughs> rule that's, number one. That's the main goal in up, life. Up, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If there's a 70-footer, I'm certainly not on deck. Like, I'm, I'm going to be hiding somewhere, but like, ideally I'm not doing work if I'm Number on Number two, avoid alcohol. Know. You know, keep, 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 you have to eat, believe no. it or not. You may not want to eat, but, you know, avoid spicy food. But, yeah, no, for the most part, I've been pretty uh, pretty good on that. And my wife has been pretty good on that also. We'll find out 
let's talk again in um, after Thanksgiving, and I'll tell you if it was Drake Lake or the Drake Shake. Okay, this could this could be this, my answer could change very well after this. <laughs> oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love your adventures. I think it sounds absolutely incredible. Yeah. I love. I love hearing somebody who really cares about what the vessel is that they're going on when they're when they're going on these <laughs> adventures. And I'm gonna have to get the number of your broker because this sounds awesome. I'm also addicted <laughs> to boating vacations, and I don't really care what the boat is. I don't really care about penguins much either. But if it's an interesting <laughs> boat, I'm in. <laughs> I don't know why penguins. I want to see penguins. Okay. Just where polar bears and penguins do not coexist, contrary to a lot of people. Right, bears, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't judge other people's kinks. Don't worry about it. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass this off to you. Is there anything, uh, anything that I haven't, I haven't talked to Don about that we definitely need to? I for this episode, I think we've hit. I think we've hit quite a few. But I, I would love to have uh, Don back on at another chance. I'm sh- I'm sure we're going to have more stories. Sea stories are always good. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to have to tell some like crusty, salty stories at some point. But uh, I'd love to bring you back on after you go on uh, your Antarctic Absolutely. adventure. Oh, yeah. okay. well, thank you very much for the opportunity. <laughs> TiredTraveling.com. Shameless plug again, okay? But uh, absolutely not shameless. TiredTraveling.com. I own it. I own that. I found it. It was available. Surprisingly, I mean, and get it. Follow, follow the adventures (laughs) online there. And uh, as I say, you know, hashtag spending my son's inheritance. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) and we'll have to uh we'll have to talk to your son too i'm curious how his uh his boating adventures are going that's that sounds great ah you all are amazing (laughs) this has been the funny boat podcast bon voyage you beautiful monsters I just love it. Look at the beard and the beard. You all look way more like professional mariners than I do.